Happy New Year and welcome to the 190th episode of the Nerd Travaganza podcast, where every episode is a chance to start over. I'm Tom. I'm Brian. I'm Chris. And this year we're revisiting a New Year's theme from years past with our D-Rezo Convolutions, just in time for the new year. But first, I'll remind our listeners that they can start over with this show every single week by subscribing to us on iTunes. They should probably resolve to give us maximum stars because that would make us happy. And with that said, let's cap off the year in our usual fashion with our weekly geekly geekly weekly update. Chris, why don't you take it away? Sure. Well, the first geeky thing I was doing this week was drone practice. I'll be registered. <laughs> Yes, I've registered for more than you know. Usually I wrap up my runs at the park by pulling out the drone and then just kind of cooling off as I play with it. It's it's a challenge. Just because this little guy, I mean, he shoots straight up before you even have a chance to start correcting course. And so far I consider myself very lucky he has not ended up permanently in a tree. Denote the permanently there. <laughs> just saying. But it's cool. I am enjoying it. But, you know, just for our listeners, this thing fits in the palm of my hand. It's not one of those really sexy big ones. I'm basically practicing so I can just tell my kid next year, yeah, I want Santa to give me the big one this year. Nice. That was the most uncomfortably sexual update I've heard in months. (laughs) (laughs) I know where your mind is. I whip it out in the park to cool off. It fits in the palm of my hand. I want Santa to give me the big one. <laughs> but I'm practicing for it first. Yeah. Oh, and it shoots straight up. <laughs> Before you know what happened. Oh, God. All right. Does that does that drone have like any kind of um, training wheels or bumpers or anything so that you don't like destroy it? Well, I guess that answer to that would be they gave me two extra sets of propeller blades. <laughs> okay. All right. So. They're like, forget that, dude. You're going to end up messing this thing up. Here you go. And there's like, it's actually each blade is individual for each quadrant. And you got to like pay attention to where these little marks are. I have to pull up my reading glasses to see them. Uh, What else did I do? I also saw the finale for Into the Badlands. I'm now giving that show two thumbs up. It's a very cool guilty pleasure. It only had six episodes. So while I'm applauding that we're seeing tighter shows that don't have as many filler episodes. I think six is getting to be almost like mini series style as compared to an actual, like, you know, TV series, but it's already been renewed. Woohoo! And, um, you know, they're talking about doing a few more episodes. They say the fight scenes in this show are so intense that they can't do more than 12 episodes per season because there's just, there's too much training. There's too much effort. There's lots of washu effects going on, a lot of wire work. So it's not just your standard kind of martial arts stuff. And then I'm also starting into the audiobook for The Integral Trees by Larry Niven. Hopefully that name rings a bell with a few people. Not sure it does. I'm not the most well-read person, though, I will admit. Have you played Halo? I've played Halo, yes. Have you read a Halo book? I've not, sadly. The okay, author well, that's name fine. Would... No, he didn't write Halo. He wrote the book that invented Ringworld that Halo is playing in. Uh, okay. 
And the book is actually named Ringworld. So if you kind of like that whole conceit of a, just a huge ribbon of habitat that's artificially created, pick up Ringworld by Larry Niven. Um, he's kind of into that whole concept of what we call big F objects in science fiction. Uh, the Integral Trees is actually a location where there is no planet, but there is a dead pulsar and then like a gas giant core and a sun that have all kind of managed to create a donut-shaped atmosphere. So everything in there basically is a, a life forms that live in almost zero G. That's interesting. And the adventures of the colonists who go to check it out. Uh, I remember reading it in Analog Magazine. That kind of dates me right there. But yeah, if you're into Halo and you don't mind reading stuff, Ringworld by Larry Niven. If you want to get into the mind of the Master Chief, you should probably read Armor by John Steckley. And of course, Starship Troopers by Robert Heinlein goes without saying, but people mostly think about that because of the movie, which is almost kind of an inverse of what the book was about. Movie's way better. <laughs> oh, you've read the book? Of course I've read the book, yes. It's... They're, they're, uh, we'll I think about I've ranted about this a few times. Yeah, we we can talk about it at length some other time. This is sure, sure. should not be called Starship Troopers. <laughs> so, and then uh, to wrap things up, I uh, pulled out an old uh, RPG. Actually, it's not old, but I've had it for a while because um, it had a Kickstarter that wrapped up last year. Uh, Amazing Adventures, which is a pulp RPG. And it uh, it got a redo thanks to the Kickstarter. And the odd thing about it is, is it kind of runs off of a OSR engine, basically old school style stuff. So it's a little, if you knew how to play old school Dungeons and Dragons, you could actually pick this up pretty easy. It's also the same system that runs Castles in Crusades, which was sort of a retro clone. Uh, to be more accurate, it was more of a D20 mod that gave you a first edition feel of the game. So all the nice things about having one sort of system to to do all your gaming in, but not with all of the bloat of the rules and the tons of feats. So, I mean, a perfect example is uh, Ken Height, our former guest uh, on YouTube as well as the audio podcast, Day of Ragnarok, his really crazy World War II setting. I could run out of the box with this system. No extra special rules or anything required. And even better yet, I could grab anything from 1st, 2nd, 3rd, or 5th uh, edition D&D &D for monsters or inspiration, and they would be pretty easily convertible. So this has been on my brain a little bit for role-playing-wise. So might pull me out of retirement. We'll see. We'll see. Awesome, man. I look forward to uh, seeing you launch your new career as a professional GM, DM, Ragnarok M. What have, what have <laughs> drone you? Drone pilot. <laughs> drone pilot. Drone pilot would be the coolest career. Wouldn't it? It would. Over to you, Brian. Uh, slight nod to one of my resolutions tonight. Uh, I think I mentioned last week I've been building those shelves in the house and just really, really enjoyed working with my hands. I haven't done that quite so much. Uh, I, I joke all the time. My uh, entire family is carpenters and mechanics, and they all wanted better for me. So my poor 
uncle, uh, the mechanic makes like $35 an hour and they sent me to college and uh, <laughs> I don't, but it, it's nice. It's nice working with wood and, and paint and sanding and just, just had a lot of very relaxing year end fun with that. That sounds pretty relaxing. I'm like in a Zen state just thinking about it. Sanding is actually, I, I, I don't know. I mean, like, you know, hammering on wood and drilling holes is one thing, but sanding is so detail oriented because, you, you know, you don't want a single imperfection on the wood and on the surface or in any of the crevices. And it really gets my little like eye for detail going. I, I spent probably way too long doing that. If you're enjoying it, it's never long enough, Brian. Become one with the wood. Achieve Zen. That's pretty cool, man. I mean, how does that rate uh, compared to like figure painting as far as like a, an activity that kind of puts you in a good zone? Hmm. Definitely more relaxing, but that may be a scale thing because as as particular as my sanding was it was still i mean like the the sheet of sandpaper i was using was still larger than some of the details i'm used to painting on on minis i see so it it may just be that it's infinitely easier well there's nothing wrong with uh more easily achieved satisfaction i suppose correct and, and it's a fur well, it's like a third project right now, but it, it's, you know, it's a, an early project. So I'll definitely be getting into larger, more complicated things soon. I, I actually, I've been looking at like a jigsaw and that, that sounds like a lot of fun. Might invest in jigsaw and some extra thumbs. <laughs> well, good luck with that. Keep at least one thumb for gaming. While I have been doing that, this isn't really a, a, a anything I did. I contemplated this this week. It's it's almost a news piece. I've done this before. It's kind of like 50-50. I have read a lot this week about adult coloring books. Did you guys get those for Christmas or anything? Or No, nope, but I just heard of them this month, actually. Yeah, I, I did not know. They are like the hottest shit in the world right now. Eight of the 20 best-selling books on Amazon are adult coloring books. These are just coloring books made for adults. Eves, kind of. They're not necessarily like, you know, brony coloring books or anime coloring books. They're in insanely detailed, like symmetrical geographic shapes and, you know, like almost like uh Celtic knot patterns and, and flowers and things like that. They're coloring, but not like, I mean, like when someone said a coloring book to me, I was like, so you're just painting Tom and Jerry. And uh, apparently these are, are pretty different, but I'm really intrigued, especially with the, with the sanding project this week, because everybody is going nuts over how, 
relaxing and calming and, and good for you the activity is? So just an activity where you're kind of just creating and it's like a state of calm. You're not, you know, no video games, no competition, no, huh. I can kind of see that. Here's something that intrigues me because one of the core benefits is that it unleashes your creativity. And I think to myself, as far as being creative, painting in the lines what someone else drew isn't terribly creative. Hmm. So I, I kind of wonder if this is going to intrigue people in, into maybe like officially creative, like a, a, a crafting renaissance or people are going to start painting or, you know, like maybe just sketching or do, doing whatever they are. But like, I wonder if this is going to get people to create, create instead of, eh, I don't mean I'm not down on it. Like coloring cool, but it's it's not original it's not it's not your own it's a step in the especially if it's not a character or something whose color is known i suppose it's a step in the creative process you are the colorer hey there's a whole profession for that true but brian your point is taken it's yeah maybe this will spur people to like get into woodworking and crafting and if its popularity is any indicator, you would certainly think we're on the cusp of something. I I hope you're right. I think that'd be kind of cool. A little more creative stuff going on for people. And I I don't mean to, don't take me the wrong way, but I, I think you two are being a little harsh, actually, for some people. For a lot of people, art is not a, not a thing that comes to them naturally. And, and to be an artist, part of it is putting yourself out there. So... For a lot of people, just the idea of doing something artistic and then immediately getting a feeling of rejection or ridicule stops them. So for them, coloring in a book, I would assume, is a nice, safe place to play without, you know, getting judged too harshly. Hmm, I can see that. I've met people, they are just in their minds. They're just like, I'm not creative at all. And I feel differently. I feel like everybody being creative. And I think actually if everybody took up a creative hobby, we would have a lot less of the craziness we see, especially like people watching reality shows. I mean, don't do that. Go do something else. Back in the 50s, I mean, we've forgotten all the ways people used to do things like this. Paint by the numbers, watching, um, oh my God, what's his name? Happy Tree Guy. Bob Ross. Uh, you know, there you go. Um, there was a thing that my grandma and my aunt did called Trichem, which I don't even know if that anybody's ever heard of that other than the small little place I was in. It was this weird tube of paint that had a ballpoint pen end to it and you had to squeeze it hard to squeeze the paint out. So it was kind of like quickie needlework, but you were using thick paint to do it on fabric instead. And a lot of those things have fallen to the wayside. Or everybody thinks that if you're going to do something like that, you need to be like 80 years old in a nursing home. So I'm intrigued too whether this is a change in something, but I I think that for a lot of people doing something as crazy as just finishing a story or actually doing what we would call real art is a big scary thing and they have to have baby steps or they just may be safe in their own little place. Well, I think that's, that's why I'm 
interested in this because it's it's a great baby step. But like I said, I just kind of hope that it does encourage people to take it further. I'm fist bumping you through the microphone, man. Yeah. And I and I totally agree. When I was young, man, man everybody had a hobby. I mean, people were like into like wood burning and people were into macrame and quilting and like it was just a thing. And and I don't I don't know anybody these days. That's not fair to say. I, I don't know anybody these days who's n- not kind of made fun of for it. You paint, I paint, but most people are kind of like, oh, you paint army figures. <laughs> well, yeah, I remember back in the day in the uh, in the nineties, somebody literally asked me, looked at me, and said, "How old are you again?" When they found out that mm-hmm. I worked in, um, I hear you. Yes, you're too old to be creative. How dare you? Exactly. Well, I have a bit in the news segment I think you'll get a kick out of them. Cool. Well, I'll wrap this up then. The only other terribly nerdy or exciting thing I uh, did this week, I actually just today picked up all my new comic books, and and I was a a week behind because I I didn't go last week with all the Christmas excitement and everything. I I was just avoiding traffic like crazy. But uh, my guy, uh, the, the counter guy, was talking about the new miniseries the new star wars miniseries that's starting january 6th i guess so I'm, I'm really looking forward now to the anakin and kenobi series i'm sorry what yep it's anakin and obi-wan uh it's not clone wars no well i guess it has to be right i mean Oh, uh, wait, 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 wait. It's wait. not like, you know, the, the, the Clone Wars episodes comic book eyes. It's their other adventures. Oh, okay. So it's, hmm. I mean, it must be that era. Like little kid Anakin or moody teenage douche Anakin? I'm thinking like tween Anakin. Hmm. Okay. Um, I might take a look at that. Read that. Um... But that's the latest entry into the Star Wars comics yep. universe. I've enjoyed almost everything. No, I've, enjoy, I've enjoyed everything I've read to varying degrees. So I I might actually give that a go to see, you know, where you got the definite impression that they were like, like brothers, as Obi-Wan said, before they fought to the death. But it'd be kind of cool to see that developed even more. And I, I'd love to see not like emo Anakin. Right, growing up to be a like little kid Anakin, still thinking it's cool to be a Jedi. Well, I don't really want to do little kid either because if they say yippee, I might have to rip the book <laughs> too. I really hated that. That's pretty dumb. But definitely like episode two, Anakin. Okay, I'm okay with that. Well, I don't know. Let's just see where it goes. I might be okay with that anyway. <laughs> Anything else, Brian? Nope. All right, over to me. You Scrooges didn't really talk about what you got for Christmas, so I will talk at great length about what I got. Got a whole bunch of Amiibos and Disney Infinity figures, or as my mom calls them, dismissively, doodads. I did not appreciate that. You got a lot of doodads. Thanks, Mom. Thanks. Uh, Got Halo 5, got Black Ops 3, got WWE 2K16, among other games, so plenty of current-gen stuff to play. If I ever get done with the last-gen stuff that I'm still not done playing, that might be a good deconvo resolution 
got loads of Star Wars uh, and other geeky apparel. Like this was a great year. <laughs> this was just very Star Warsy and like just all kinds of stuff that I wanted. Got to see The Force Awakens like three times, you know, up to before and up to and almost including Christmas. So that that's cool. That was a present in and of itself. Got to see it with different family members and friends. So that was awesome. And uh, probably my best Christmas present was from none other than my companion. And she got me the cool little phone controlled BB-8 droid. And I've had great fun chasing our, uh, the dog that we're, who's kind of our ward at the moment around the house with that. Eh, Not really chasing. She likes it. She she actually like enjoys, (laughs) (laughs) enjoys battling with it. So that's been fun. That is a cool gizmo. And like, I still can't believe BB-8 works, but seeing this thing run, I'm like, okay, well he must because this works. BB-8's a, a, a neat little step in uh, technology or engineering or whatever you want to call it. I'm, I'm totally impressed with that. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Me it too. is very cool. I always thought it'd be neat to have like a, a, a drivable, pilotable, just a sphere robot. But they just like did that little top bit and blew me away. Like I had never even considered that to be possible. Yeah, me neither. That's like really awesome. I guess it's done with magnets. It's and uh, magnets are powerful things, capable of much. So yeah, cool. The BB-8 thing. I, I'm gonna have to let you guys play with it. It's really cool. Maybe I'll bring it to game night or something. Run over somebody's like uh, cheese doodles. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, apart from that, you know, playing some more Battlefront. And uh, just yesterday, uh, post-Christmas, I finally, after years of abuse, cracked the screen on my phone beyond repair. And so went into the AT&T store and had them reactivate my old uh, Samsung um, Galaxy S. Not S2, not S3, not S4, not S5, not S6, but the Galaxy S phone which is woefully underpowered and slow. I now realize (laughs) like yikes. Um, But not to worry because my Google Nexus 6P is on the way. And uh, so that's the latest and greatest Nexus phone from Google. And I am going to try out the Google Fi service that they have entered the sort of cell phone service game. And uh, it's pretty cool. You basically pay for data as you estimate you're going to use it. And it's so much per gig. And if you go under, they give you a refund at the end of the month. So really cool. Like you kind of regulate your data usage. So I'm looking forward to seeing how that works out. I'm not kicking AT&T to the curb. I activated that old phone just so I have my current number active, but I'm going to give this a try. Um, If it doesn't work out, the great news is with this phone being a Google Nexus phone, I can just be like walk into AT&T and ask for a SIM card and put that on as my AT&T phone. So looking kind of forward to that these gadgets are always fun for about a month and then you're like yeah it's just a phone yeah let me know how that goes for you tom i am i've been very tempted and just they've kept checking out on that the google fi or the 6p or both uh both okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah i will uh i will let you know and that's it that's it for my update lots of christmas stuff lots of games lots of gadgets the usual and with that out of the way and with Cam being out of the way for the moment, special reporter Chris, it's on to news, which means it's on to you. 
All right. So uh, we're going to segue with that little teaser that I gave. DC is doing some variant book covers that are for adult coloring. Uh, I've seen them. They all look cool. The one with Green Lantern looks almost like uh, Doctor Strange psychedelic. I don't know how someone's going to like color in that one. Mm. I mean, that's that's amazing. I, I never would have thought that they could make BB-8 with a head or that coloring would would be a thing for adults. <laughs> like, yeah, two. Um, I think I might have guessed that the BB-8 might be a thing someday more than coloring. Yeah, okay, go on. So going on with drones, uh, the Boston firefighters uh, had a scare because some dude landed his drone on some thin ice in the river and then went after it. Everybody thought that basically he kind of went permanently ice fishing for it and never came up. But after a couple hours, they figured out that he had dragged himself to the bank and to safety. But until they had confirmed that, they were ready to bring the scuba divers out. Next bit. But wait, 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 the drone flies. Why not just take it back? I mean, like, was he just completely out of power? Or like, that I'm assuming the, that's what happened. The last second? Like, yeah, that's what happened. It must have just been trying to cross the river and then it just died on him. Or maybe the rotors got froze up. It is Boston in the winter. Just saying. Just saying. So you remember what the premise for Star Trek, the Enterprise TV series was, right? Yeah. It was like the very first Enterprise kind of going out aimlessly on a five-year mission. And uh, and the, before that, the idea they had, it was going to be like going to Federation Academy, right? Well, in the lore of Star Trek, there is an entire war with the Klingons that happens. I think even before Enterprise starts up or right after Enterprise. Why they never did that as a TV series, I have no idea. Because I would have watched the shit out of that, right? Yeah, but was it? Uh, go on. I think I may know, but go on. One of the fan creations out there that's been massively crowdfunded into millions of dollars was going to cover part of this war. The prelude to Annexar, I think is the name of it. I apologize if I mispronounce that name of that planet. And they've gotten bigger and bigger. And now on Christmas Day, CBS set a cease and desist. Oh, uh, no way. Yes, yes. They're shutting that down. Of course, as you know, this probably means that all lights are green for their own TV series. They're going to do production next year, but you can only actually see if you're like, you get into their own little CBS paywall streaming. It's not going to be broadcast on regular TV. It's not going to be on Netflix or Amazon anytime soon. I think you will be able to see the pilot for free as a teaser and then They'll say, "Hey, eight bucks a month, and you can watch all. You can watch our Star Trek." So I think this is them shooting themselves a little bit in the foot. I also think this kind of gives you a hint of where they think their budget is going to be if they're afraid that a multi-million-dollar fan production will probably have the same look as this other series that, that the series they're doing. Of course, you know, they're going to have to spend more to actually pull that off because they have to pay everybody. There's no volunteers like there is over on the fan side. But still, the fan side has had millions and millions of dollars fed into it because it was starting to look better and better and better. Once upon a time, I I, I kind of understood fan productions, but I don't understand at all how you can kickstart an owned 
intellectual property, advertise the living shit out of it, make millions off of it, and not cut the owner in, and not expect a, a cease and desist. Like, duh. Well, there are two things at play. One, it's a fan production. So allegedly, nobody is getting paid to make a living off this, or they're not supposed to have a profit of some sort. The second, they have millions in profit, though. I mean, they, they can't, like, there's no way they're going to be able to spend that much. Don't look at me. Now, they do hire people. They do hire, you know, especially, I think. But that's still profit. I mean, if you hire me to do something and I get a crap load of money off of it, that's. Well, you're making making profit, profit. but the actual company that's putting it together, this is the difference between profit and nonprofits. At the end of the day, with a nonprofit, you're supposed to not show that you've actually gotten anywhere. Paid all of your friends lots of money. Basically. But on the flip side, Paramount has been very lax about these fan films, mostly over the years, because if people making fan films, that means they don't have to make anything and they can let these guys kind of, you know keep interest and keep hype going all on their own. So until, of course, three years ago when they said, hey, JJ, could you come over here and do a movie or two? And then a third, what, where, where'd you go? Where'd you go? Damn you, Disney. <laughs> so I think now that they're getting serious about getting, they're really getting into Star Trek again, especially in the TV realm, they're like, oh, you know what? Maybe we need to stop the fan hype machine we've monster we've created here. So... Unfortunately, when you get fans all excited and then you rip the rug out from under them, they don't usually take it that well. So vastly switching gears here, the 3D printing news, there is a a little dog. His name's Derby, and the, the poor little husky doesn't have properly formed front legs. 3D Systems in South Carolina has been basically helping use him as a research project to give him decent prosthetics. And as of today, he received the prosthetics that actually allow him to walk pretty much like a regular dog now. At first, because of his malformed legs, he was not really walking that well. He was kind of walking at an angle, so they wanted to slowly build him up and get him trained to walk at the level he should be walking without any shock to his spine. And uh, they look a little bit like those carbon fiber running legs, but kind of more of a figure eight formation. And they do bend a little bit like knees. And it's nice to see a poor little dog able to walk around like a annoying. That's kind of awesome. <laughs> so, but yeah, yeah, it is. And they actually, they had to, as it got taller, they realized they had to change designs up. That their original idea at the lower level was not going to work. Because it was kind of more like a kind of like a spongy hoop. And as I got bigger, it just really wasn't working for poor little Derby. In Chewbacca number four, the comic book, evidently, there has been a long-awaited question of fans being answered. Uh-oh. So I wonder how far I can get into spoiler territory here or not. Well, five's out, right? So Yeah, I, I've read four. I think I've read through four. Well, as you know, in the final scene of A New Hope, it shows everybody in the dais at the top of the stairs and everybody has a big fat award for what they did, except for one character. Oh, Chewbacca. So they answer the question about that award. Did he get it? Did he not get it? What happened to it? All questions will be answered. Oh, in the comic or in like the fan letters section in the comic Four is the one where he's hanging out with the, his little 
buddy, right? The the girl when yes. they're, they're putting That's the, the explosive. Okay. Oh yeah, they're loading a astromech droid with explosives. Okay, yeah, I want to know why he didn't get a medal or did, and we just don't know about it. In a mashup of tabletop RPG and uh, MMMORPG news, as you know, Pathfinder Online has been kind of on life support for a while. Not been doing that good. Ryan Dancy left. Um, however, it turns out that one of their fans who've been playing since day one evidently has deep pockets. And uh, he's come to the fore, created a company, and he says as soon as his funding is totally secured, he's going to actually pretty much buy Pathfinder Online. So we'll cross our fingers. If you're into Pathfinder Online, things may work out. I didn't know there was any such concept as Pathfinder Online, sadly. Well, that's why we call it news, right? So these things that are segues without any bars to them that people keep claiming to be hoverboards, first off, please quit calling them hoverboards because they're not. They're not. Yes, thank you. You know what's been happening with them recently? They've been bursting into flame. Exactly, which is why they're now getting banned all over the place. The CES show where you figure hoverboards would be the star, right? Nope. Banned. Uh, Athens, Ohio is pending on banding. Can't do them at all in Cleveland, Ohio. Dubai has outlawed hoverboards. Quite a few universities. I just don't want to even go down that list. New York City. Let's see. The United Kingdom. Nope. Gone. There's the nanny state for you, right? Yeah, they're kind of a hazard. I can kind of see why they don't. They want them kind of limited. So before you pull one out, make sure it isn't banned in your area. This is all surprising to me because I've heard people say like, this is the new mode of transportation, like for the, you know, the next generation. Like this is how people are going to get around. I, I don't know if I necessarily buy it. I think it's this generation segue and all that implies. It's a segue. I don't remember segways seg- bursting into flames. <laughs> right. <laughs> I haven't tried one yet. Maybe that's the problem. I did try an electric skateboard, which was kind of cool over the holiday weekend. That was fun. I hadn't been on a skateboard in a long ass time and that was really fun. But yeah, I don't know. Basically, I see them as like something like, how do I describe it? They're almost like a piece of bling now, it seems like. Have you guys observed that? I agree. I I have observed that they terrify me. We can't be bothered to walk now. (laughs) Yes, pretty much. Yes. It, it, it's really scary. I, I think people need to revisit Wally. <laughs> right. I mean, this does at least make you stand, but it's only a matter of time before they have a seat, one with a seating uh, option, right? That may be a conversation for a whole other podcast about America and its disdain of walking in pedestrian ways and its love affair with the car. Yeah. I've talked to Brits that are like, well, no wonder you guys take cars everywhere. There's no sidewalks. Well, they're banned in the UK too. It's not just us. <laughs> Not sure how I feel about the hoverboard bands or the this, what appears to be this backlash uh, taking place. Uh, to me, if they're blowing up, I say do it. Yeah, hoverboard's a neat idea, but let's just ban anything that explodes <laughs> well, like it, in public spaces. That's I, not that good. I'm hoping, I'm assuming that that is a minority of the devices that are exploding. It, it's a lot, apparently. Amazon has yanked them, evidently. From what I understand, I mean, I, I think it was NPR was doing a story. They are kind of like a... Um, Something that was just, it was an NPR story basically saying that nobody knows who actually invented them. They were something, a collection Apparently of intellectual. It was Al-Qaeda. <laughs> They're a collection of intellectual property belonging to someone um, thrown together by numerous manufacturers basically in China and just shipped. That's why there's so many versions of them and they're so kind of un. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, safe yeah they're not safe and there's no standardization so maybe there should be a little bit of standardization right like exploding can't happen 
can't no can do. There's a reason why you can go open source in beta on software and not on modes of transportation. Right. Nobody wants to be on the beta airplane. <laughs> All right. Does that conclude the news then? Yes, it does. Excellent. In that case, let us move on to tonight's topic, which are our 2016 D-Rezo convolutions. We are revisiting a concept from, I think, 2012 or, well, the dawn of 2013, where basically you resolve to do something, but you've got plausible deniability because you wrap it in enough negatives that you could have possibly meant to not resolve to do the thing you're not going to do. If you sort of get the drift from that, you'll do just fine during this, Chris. There's no way I don't get that. Excellent. I'm glad you don't not get that such that we cannot resolve to not de-resolve to do things. And with that said, and with us not ha- not not having an order, I think we should not not have Chris go first. I'm thinking that what I won't be getting around to this year is the realization that I may have been not having to decide if I'm going to focus on novels or writing short stories or shorter pieces because one suffers because of the other sometimes, maybe not. I need to focus on one or not focus on the other because I could either put more stuff out on self-publishing, maybe not, or start submitting more to publishers and stuff, which is submitting to publishers is never, ever a long experience full of frustration and lots of non-productive waiting. It sounds like you're going to possibly not do something or many things related to writing. Yes. Excellent. I wish you luck in that DiRezzo convolution. Brian, do you have any idea what Chris is going to be doing in the new year? Uh, he's going to be doing one of two things. I, I'm not sure which one he's favoring. Uh, he <laughs> I'm not sure which one I'm favoring. He did that quite yet. nicely. <laughs> I have, have not yet to make the decision. <laughs> Excellent. This is like bizarre world New Year's resolutions, isn't it? Uh, Yeah, that's the whole idea. That way, if we don't get it done, we don't really know if we resolve to do it in the first place. It's wonderful. Indeed. Brian? Would you care to de-rezo convolute? I am not going to pass another year without picking up several talents, actually, but talents that I've meant to pick up since I was like eight. Mainly uh, learning, well, I mean, everybody knows how, but enhancing my uh, drawing skills. Oh, that would be cool if it did or did not come to pass. What, may I ask, motivated you to resolve to do or not do this? Just a lot of free time I have and this this feeling that if if you're going to be an artist, that, then you should be an artist. And I've always wanted to be a, a visual artist. And for some strange reason, I always just gave painting a, a pass. Oh, well, it's painting. That's not the same thing. I don't know. I, I don't know. Like, I, I always just thought like, oh, well, I'm a writer. So it's different for for many people. It's either artist or not artist, artist or labor artist or thinker or whatever. So I'm, I'm going to go the Renaissance route and just do it all. I like it. So you de-resolve to 
add another facet to your renaissance man's arsenal of talents just something about being able to just like sketch out like this is what i mean see oh i've always admired that and uh you know it's time to move beyond the stick figures excellent i love it hey don't be dissing stick figures man (laughs) love it brian won't hold you to it because we can't (laughs) which brings it around to me I have a far less ambitious de-rezo convolution in the form of clearing my last-gen gaming backlog. I hereby de-rezo convolute to clear my last-generation gaming backlog, which means I may play or not play or finally just give up on those games so that I can move on to other things. Any bets on whether or not I'll do it, guys? Not a chance. (laughs) It's so true. Sadly, it's so true. I don't have time. Finally, now that it, it's becoming difficult to buy last gen games, you might have a chance. Right, right. I can't add to the pile anymore, right? Well, yeah, and there's still a lot of games you didn't pick up, aren't there? There are. Let's not get into those. <laughs> please, please de resolve not to tell me about any games I might have missed. Okay, that concludes round one. Chris, you want to uh, start off round two? I am going to not resolve. To not read more books, especially by new people. I've been doing a lot of older reading these days, and I, I think maybe I am not in a rut. So I'm going to see what I can do to keep things steady instead of shaking the boat. I like it. So you're going to de-resolve to not read more. Did you say stuff? Yeah, stuff. Newer, newer stuff. More okay, okay, okay. Are you when you say newer, do you mean new in terms of when it was released, or new to you, like branch out into new areas? A little of both. A little of both. Uh, the newer stuff that's been coming out, and uh, maybe trying to read outside uh, my usual comfort zone. Are you changing your puppy status? <laughs> do I have a puppy status? I was unaware that I had a puppy status. <laughs> we thought you were sad, but uh, perhaps not. I've never considered myself a sad puppy. No, no, we, we, we kid, we kid, of course. <laughs> that sounds good. I, I look forward to you branching out or not and staying on your uh, current path, depending on what you meant. Nobody knows. Dun, dun, dun. Brian, round two. Once upon a time, the PlayStation 4 came out roughly before Christmas. And for Christmas, everybody thought, it was a good idea to buy me either PlayStation plus time or PlayStation store credit. I I just had this glut that I was just unconcerned about using. I was like, I've got three years of it. So I did not spend it wisely. And I really let the time just tick away. So I'm not going to do that again this year. This year, I am going to take my PlayStation Plusing much more seriously. Love it. I And I fully endorse it. So I de-resolve not to also be on PlayStation so that I can see you enjoying all your PlayStation Plusing. So we may or may not see each other online. <laughs> Depending. I'm not even sure we're friends online, are we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know you're a gamertag. All right. I'll divulge it online if you don't. I'll dox you, bro, if you don't uh, <laughs> acquiesce to my demands. You got that sweet Dragon Quest game that somebody gave you. You got you to gotta hop on PlayStation. 
I realize I can't do this on PlayStation, uh, unfortunately, but I I really need to play Dragon's Dogma too. Oh man, yes, Dragon's Dogma, really? I, I think that just came out for PC, and there's like a renewed interest in it. And I I I started it like three times, and that stupid troll in the like the level ten dungeon just keeps screwing me over, and I lose interest. I'm going to give it like, you know, fourth try really to get into that. That should probably be another resolution. Go power level and come like fight that guy when you're higher level. You'll do much better. But you can just just run past him too, can't you? I mean, you can, you can, but I just went- I just have this like mental block. Like, no, that's stupid. You can't do that. There's a troll in the way. Kill it. Not me, man. I went and PL'd and came back and wrecked that guy. I think, or was that a guy I had to run from? I don't know, but I made it past that part. That's the part where you're going down into the tower, right? Yeah, like there's like this weird like underground secret or something. Oh yeah, the the under oh god, how can I not remember that? The under hedge or some crap. Yeah, where the where the pawns come from or something like that. Right. Yeah, I would my that's my recommendation. Level up a bit, go out, do a bunch of side quests, and then come back. Dragon's Dogma is awesome, and if you should happen to play on the 360, you can check my check out and rent my badass pawn. She's cool. Make just make sure you get Dark Arisen. Dark Arisen's the the newer version. So, but you're not even gonna. We don't even know if you're gonna do that though. So, if it comes to pass, all right. I think that brings it around to me again. I will absolutely not, not in the year 2016, write down any or all of my creative ideas and thoughts. Year after year, I have these ideas that I think are pretty good, and I never bother writing them down. And a lot of times, I see them in my face in the form of somebody else's creative work. And uh, it's a little frustrating, but I have no one to blame but myself. Even just keeping a journal, a private journal that's not open to public ridicule would make me feel like I'm at least doing something with with the stuff I, I think up. And I'm not trying to sell myself as some tortured genius here. Like my ideas are too grand for the page, but I, it's kind of frustrating that I've exercised the logical and analytical side of my brain pretty thoroughly and i've never because i've always had an aversion to the kind of creative mushy side because i I, for some reason i got it in my head that that was that was the weaker side i I never really embraced it you know what i mean does that make any sense yeah Yeah, so i don't i don't want to live i don't want to live like this anymore (laughs) no or maybe i do and i'm just gonna double down and read like programming books for the rest of the year don't everybody jump forward with encouragement do it okay thank you do it on your uh, on your cell phone. Just create a little notepad app. Cut out all of the um, barriers. Yeah, I think I need to. Yeah, you're right. And I I may have to bounce some ideas off you guys because like then writing it down, I'm like, I wonder if it's a, what anybody might think of this. You, you can you can resolve to actually execute a few in seventeen. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. But if I bounce any ideas off you guys, I'm not asking for you to de-rezo convolute to do this. But if you want to, be honest. Don't just try to. Make me feel good about my dumb ideas if they're dumb. Because I don't want them to be dumb. I want to improve. Well, you could start with an adult coloring book first. I could, but I I feel like that's a step up from being one of those people that dresses in diapers and like an adult baby. Hey, hey, hey. Everybody, every geek has their bubble. <laughs> don't don't burst the reality I'm bubble, just kidding. I, I actually Googled <laughs> the adult coloring books as we were talking about that. And they're actually rather intricate. It's like you're painting stained glass in a lot of cases. And that's Stained glass is an excellent way to put it, actually. Yeah. I mean, that, that's what it looked like to me. And that's beautiful. For me, there's, there's one critical question for that hobby. Hmm. Crayons or pencils? Uh, I think the adult coloring sort of begs for pencils, does it not? You can use markers. 
<laughs> I like the marker because you're committing. Well, you're committing with crayon and I guess colored pencil you could kind of erase. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just waiting for the Facebook posts where people start going, oh, this is my thing for the day. And it's their latest Mona Lisa of adult coloring book art. <laughs> yes. Ooh, you gave me some ideas for another, for, for a round three thing perhaps there, Chris. So speaking of which, we should probably move on to round three. So Chris, take it again from the top. Yes, I resolved to, to not start a business because I had a, a horrendous business idea. I think I will not create cardboard standees that you could not fit onto a Roomba or an iRobot and with a little voice activated chip in the cardboard. So you could have C-3PO sitting on your Roomba and every time he bumps into the wall, he goes, oh my, oh my. I love that, actually. That's a cool idea. Please don't do that. Please don't do that? No, I'd I just end up having need funding. I just not need funding to have them. R2-D2 would be the next one. See, that's the, that's the kicker, though. I need to get the, need to get the IPs, the, the licensing rights. That's what I need. Don't give anybody any ideas, but why the hell isn't there like an R2-D2 version of a Roomba? Seriously, it's just stupid that there's not. Probably not cost effective. You have to pay so much for the uh, for the license. Oh, sure. Okay. They're not terribly cheap to begin with, are they? No, no, no. They're expensive. I mean, I, I'm l- a little bit surprised that every year these robot vacuums are as expensive, if not, or, or more expensive than they were the year before. Like they, they, the technology gets a little better, but the price is not dropping. Maybe there's just a lot of improvement going on. They do get better, but yeah, I, I I would have figured we'd see cheaper ones by now. Anyway, cool idea. Don't do it or do. Brian? I already gave you a twofer. <laughs> oh, oh, your last one was a twofer. Okay, that's that's fair enough. All right, so Dragon's Dogma. Again, I endorse it. And I guess that brings it around to me, and we can, we can round it out with this unless you guys want to do another round. I hereby de-resolve to make better or less use of social networking, social media, what have you. I'm not really sure Facebook serves any purpose uh, for me personally, other than getting into arguments with people with whom I can never find an accord. It serves the podcast. And I think I need to do what I wanted to do last year and create an alias for use with the podcast stuff and just disengage on a personal level from Facebook because Facebook is the biggie for me. As I sort of distance myself from that, I can maybe more effectively use something like Twitter, Instagram, perhaps in service to the podcast, perhaps just to get, who knows, maybe some creative ideas of mine out there. I think there's something to be said for sharing things for enjoyment by and consumption by other people, but I'm just not sure what Facebook does for me. And I don't know, I would love to hear your opinions. Like, what's the point of your personal Facebook profile? This might get a little more deep than we intend, but I actually am very opinionated when it comes to social media. The purpose of your individual Facebook profile is to do whatever you want to do with it. And you seem to be a masochist. (laughs) In that I engage with these uh, objectionable people and... You join groups just to raise your blood pressure. (laughs) And you engage with people who over and over and over and over have caused the same results. Mm. Touche. I cannot argue with that. They're perfectly consistent. You know what you're getting. Yeah. I, and if you're, if you're into that dude, self-flagellation is the best go for it. <laughs> but if you're complaining about it, you don't need a new profile. You need new friends. Good point. And I cannot argue with that. 
I have extricated myself from certain groups. I'll just say this one last thing. People are not the same on Facebook as they are in person. Somebody oh, who's no. perfectly pleasant and reasonable to your face, the, you see them and it, that, that day and you're hanging out and everything's fine. That night, they're like a monster on Facebook. They're just this belligerent, bellicose creature. You know what I mean? Like pe- people do not behave the same on Facebook as they do in person. <laughs> they're afraid you'll pop them in the mouth in person. <laughs> well, I mean, I hate to say it, but a fear of retaliation is probably part of what keeps human beings in check, right? And you say fear of being popped in the mouth, but you know, I've even noticed that they behave differently toward people who don't perhaps pose the physical threat that I might. I I think it's easy to be a dick in the abstract, but then when you're sitting there next to somebody, you're far less inclined to be a dick. Far less inclined to admit to being a dick. (laughs) Right. Actually, it reminds me recently, uh, my my brother-in-law is a a recently ordained pastor. And he wrote on his Facebook status, careful what you write, it may inspire a sermon. And I wrote, how about passing on things that cause anger is passing on hatred? Praying he would use that. <laughs> That's pretty good. So being the messenger in a certain instance is an issue. Yeah, if you know you're riling people up and you're not really trying to engage them in any real discussion, you just want to poke the stick. Just playing devil's advocate, yo. Yeah, exactly. Then you know you're you're not. I'm not saying we all have to be lovey dovey and send positive vibes to everybody all the time, but but you're still being a dick. Yeah, exactly, exactly. There, I've seen it a couple of times. There's this really great little clip where it shows that nine times out of ten in these little groups, what they do is they don't even really engage with the other side. They just like to pass messages that create this straw man slash effigy. They all get to poke fun at. It's like they create this virtual reality clown version of the other party that has all the mistakes and <laughs> look how stupid that is, whether or not it's even remotely based in reality. And then they use that to keep themselves fired up and, and indignant. And at some point I heard there was supposed to be a study done where it shows that people who are always trying to get themselves revved up by being self-righteous and indignant all the time are basically self-medicating themselves with adrenaline. Wow. And that these are not the people who should be in charge. <laughs> that really summed it up perfectly, Chris. And that, that's what I've observed. Like somebody posts a news article, let's just say. I won't even get into specifics. And accompanying the news article are their comments, which usually do just that. They set up a straw man and then they proceed to just, you know, pillory the straw man for their own satisfaction. And then all of their like-minded friends pile on. I guess, right, they're they're all, they're angry, they're indignant, and they're just so self-righteous and just tearing down this person who thinks this awful thing is good. Like there's actually a person out there who agrees with this this outrageous statement or this outrageous sentiment or this terrible behavior. It it is just riling yourself up. And and, and so medically or something or, or psychologically, they're just adrenaline junkies. At some level, that's the impression I got from this study. Why don't they just jump out of a fucking plane or something, you know, and deploy a parachute i don't or not <laughs> yeah like i don't or get not. that yeah i mean for me it, it i want to create a facebook that kind of is more creative sharing sort of thing but when you throw in the politics is just it's just frustrating to the point i just even don't look at my facebook because it's just going to be i just have to look at the person's name and then see what they're talking about and i know the slant of the story already i don't even have to read the story this is side <sighs> a being an idiot this is side b being an idiot why doesn't the other side see how wrong they are and how right I am? Chris, maybe you can relate. I, I'm from, seriously, like a one-horse hick town. 
and my entire life everybody has just said like oh it's funny you know you're from such ignorant backgrounds and oh you're southern oh you must be fucking your sister and, and all of these like horrible stereotypes but there's a lot of wisdom in just very simple maxims and it's kind of funny to me that we recently seem to have forgotten misery loves company <laughs> fist bump through the mic there we go people just like to wallow when how shitty things are and there's no shortage of people of, of like-minded people online for them to to share their gather. Yeah. yeah man you're right you guys are right and i i think that's kind of the bottom line like these old these old adages and sayings aren't weren't made for no reason. I mean, they apply. <laughs> they seriously apply. And I need to just I need to go back to them. And like there are things that your grandparents would repeat to you over and over and over again. And you just kind of like, yeah, yeah, in one ear, out the other. But <laughs> it should have stuck because, damn, they're so true. The last time I, I mentioned this, uh, one of them actually got deleted. So I, I might be playing with fire here, <laughs> but I, I, I have several Facebook profiles just for different purposes. I don't want to read about painting when I'm posting on the podcast. So I, I that's separate. That's a different Brian. It is amazing how different the experience is on different personas. Hmm. Really? Hmm. Just, just based on the persona you're presenting? I had one persona. This is the one that actually got deleted. So whatever. And all I did was like miniature pages and artist and paint companies none of those people said anything about politics or anything about feminism or anything about cops being murderers as a given they just talked about like dude i created this how can i make it better hey i tried this what do you guys think of that like it was just collaboration so Really, the context matters. Like if you're opening your, if you're just doing general, like shooting the shit, you're opening yourself up to everything. So you should focus, I should focus is what you're trying to say. One of the things that Google, Amazon, Facebook, probably Twitter are all very good at is giving you more of what you want. So if you tell it you want drama, you're going to get a shitload of drama. <laughs> good point. I believe the phrase we're using these days is echo chambers. They are echo right. chambers, yes. Yeah. And it's probably it's probably worse than it's ever been because there's these supercomputer algorithms behind it. Like it's it's literally finding the best bullshit for you to put up with. My god, you're right. There's nothing innocuous. You cannot say you can't approach a thorny topic in a reasonable uh, fashion you'll never be reasonable enough for everybody somebody will read a fence into the thing you said i will say this again tom if you cannot amongst your friends you need new friends <laughs> it's a good point or i need to dump them on facebook because again these are decent people in person what's the true who's the true person the one in person or the one on facebook I, I there's a lot of people that i game with that i pal around with that i hang out with that I've silenced on Facebook. There you go. So there's the solution. Silence them. Do not engage. Do not engage. It's called unfollow. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you're right. Well, Facebook now introduced a new thing called close friends. So you can unfollow friends. Now you have close friends. You can get more of their feed. Uh, maybe that's what I need to do. I didn't know that was, that existed. 
that just cheats the algorithm. It prioritizes people for you. Sounds good. It, well, you know, I think part of the reason they did it is because a lot of times they just send you the most prolific people in your friends group. And maybe sometimes the most prolific people aren't the people you want to see the most. True. Yeah. Some people are just prolific and, and awful. So yeah, you're right. My painting account, for instance, I would follow for very good reason, professionals, because they're amazing and I wanted to learn from them. But the problem is once you have a professional Facebook profile, you you post like a hundred times a day because you have to. Right. You have to do it. Your audience demands it, right? If you're posting X in an individual followers, probably seeing one tenth of X. So if you post a hundred times, like, you know, I might see 10. That's just how Facebook works. But if you're following two or three people and they're posting that much and you're seeing 30 posts from them in a day, it's impossible to keep up with someone that you're a friend with. You just want to, you know, hey, man, I painted this. What's it look like? You know, what do you think? What would you do? Oh, that, that brush you used, that brush you said to use was awesome. Thanks, man. Like those people just get drowned. So you, you close friend them so that like if they post once, you get to see it. I see. Brian, if you think Facebook is that bad when you do it, don't get into Twitter. Twitter is like a freaking fire hose. Twitter's a fire hose, but people just read hashtags. So. Oh, that's what I'm not doing, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you just, it, it, it's almost like a, a, an old, like text only quest. You just got to follow the keywords to, you know, what you want. <laughs> I think we 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 had a, a definite strategy discussion regarding my more effective use of social media, which I had not actually committed to doing. So we'll see how that goes. What we had a social <laughs> event that turned into a uh, technical discussion. How yes. geeky! Go figure. Exactly. <laughs> and I think with that, it's an episode. And now that we're at the end of the episode and the end of the year, I will remind our listeners that they would do well in the coming year to subscribe to us on iTunes, check us out on Stitcher, and we are told to check us out on Google Play Music, where we should be featured at some point in the near future. Yeah, with a straight face, join us on Facebook. (laughs) Close friend us. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Add us to your Google circles and join the Nerd Extravaganza Facebook group, which is shockingly politics-free. Yay! (laughs) Also check out our website, nerdstravaganza.com, where all of our fine content can be found. And do not forget to pop over to our YouTube page. Just search for Nerd Stravaganza. And with all that said, Chris, end the year. I thought you said this was champagne. Whoops. <laughs> Getting drunk at our during our New Year's party is a common occurrence. That's a good one. All right, we're done. <laughs>